0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Taming the Lion podcast. Today I'll be discussing toxic people, the lie that says they need us no matter the cost. 1 Peter 5 verse 8 says this, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. I am your host, Brittany, and on today's episode, we will take one of his lies and turn it on its head, uncovering the myth and unlocking the truth of what God's Word has to say about it. Are you ready? Let's get going. I think it's safe to say we all know at least one toxic person in our lives. Not only do they zap us of our emotional energy, oftentimes it seems to come out of nowhere, taking us by surprise, even though the behaviors themselves can be very predictable. The word toxic can be defined as extremely risky or harmful. I firmly believe people are responsible for their own actions, and it's not my desire to make excuses for those who choose to engage in harmful behaviors. However, it may be helpful to note that toxic people are usually that way as a result of or in conjunction with other issues, things like mental disorders and past trauma, just to name a few. In those cases, professional therapy is recommended. Now, I'm not a psychiatrist or a therapist, so the focus of this message is for those who are on the receiving end of another person's harmful behaviors and decisions. Also, I think it important to clarify that there are people we love dearly that have unhealthy habits, but they're not toxic, and then there are people that actually do some damage. As I just alluded to, I will be talking about the latter. It will be up to you to decide whether your loved one is just another sinner in need of your empathy and support, or more along the lines of a wrecking ball, in which you should run as fast as you can to get out of the way. I'd like to clarify one more thing before we get into the nitty-gritty of this uncomfortable but very important topic. I don't believe all toxic people are intentionally this way. So please know, when I use the word toxic, I'm not referring to an evil or a bad person. We're all sinners. But I am referring to someone who is broken, refuses to seek help or self-reflect to work through their issues, and consequently takes down those in their path, leaving a mess of emotions. While they're busy wreaking havoc and inciting drama, sometimes unintentionally, the confused or anxious people swept up in the wake are left with a responsibility, it seems, to pick up the pieces and put them back together, being careful not to step on any toes or explosives along the way. Still, even though we know all of this, we hold out hope that something will eventually change. Before we address the lie that this person needs us and that we have the power to save them from their misery, here are some telltale signs that the person who comes to mind is in fact toxic. Number one, communication, whether text, email, or face-to-face, is enough to cause anxiety, perhaps even driving you to fight or flight mode. Two, your emotional tank gets drained and depleted most or each time you are around them. 3. You leave their presence feeling sorely disrespected, devalued and defeated. You may also wind up feeling foolish, stupid, or that something is wrong with you. Number 4. They are always the victim. 5. They pit others against you for their benefit. 6. They disregard your boundaries. Number 7. The relationship is always one way. You pour into them, they gladly take, but they don't help fill you back up. 8. They gaslight you. That's a tool of control where the true victim is manipulated to a state of confusion or insecurity in order to form an unhealthy dependence on their abuser. 9. They invalidate your thoughts, strengths, feelings, and emotions. 10. They have no desire to grow or self-reflect. Everyone else is always the problem. They are quick to blame others. And eleven. Let's not forget the drama. Lots of drama. These people are quick to anger, slow to mercy, lacking empathy, entitled, self-centered, and critical of others. Of course, this is not an exhaustive list by any means. But if you nodded your head or raised your eyebrows while listening to this, then I've likely described someone you know. Please keep in mind as you listen to this, I'm not referring to a person who has made some mistakes in their life and maybe feels some remorse. And I'm not referring to someone who simply disagrees with you on some things and has said a few harsh words. No, I'm talking about someone who continually expects you to cater to their needs, affecting you for the worse, and tearing you down instead of reaching down to help you up. Now that you know the characteristics of a toxic person, I'd like to offer some suggestions as to why we continue to devote so much of our valuable energy toward them, even at the expense of our emotional and sometimes physical health. Are any of these the case with you? You tell yourself that without your caregiving spirit, this person would have no hope and could even be driven to do something regrettable. This person is just unstable enough that you feel the need to be their solid ground. But we must remember, we are humans with a finite amount of strength, apart from the grace of God. He is the one who does the saving, and we are mere instruments in His work if He sees fit to allow us that opportunity. But we, apart from God, have no power to save or heal. And keep in mind, a toxic person sees no need of being rescued. Another reason you might hang on is that you make it your responsibility to be there for people and give them an outlet for their negativity and disappointment. If you are particularly empathetic, then it's difficult for you to step away from their pain and suffering. You might even think it worthwhile to try to help fix their problems, whether that looks like being the shoulder they cry on, the punching bag they push to the limit, the springboard who listens as they put down the people around them, or a sponge that allows them to saturate you with their problems that are not yours to solve. And yet, another possible reason for your devotion is that it gives you a sense of fulfilling your Christian duty. It's an act of service to God. Here's where it gets sticky, though. Because while we're called to bear one another's burdens, it doesn't mean staggering beneath the full load. Sometimes praying from a distance is all you can do, And make no mistake, it's the very best gift you can give to the person you love. I'll speak more about bearing one another's burdens and what I think that means in just a bit. Another reason you may struggle to set healthy boundaries is that you feel any connection with them is better than no relationship at all. You fool yourself that the toxic person respects you for your devotion to them. Until you really grasp that this person is incapable of respecting you, and that they truly feel wronged by their external circumstances, it's easy to work just a bit harder to win their affection. In the back of your mind, you hope things will change. That this time they will see the light and their eyes will be opened to the error of their ways. In very unhealthy relationships, one might even feel like they can't function or live without the destructive person. Some people have been manipulated and controlled to such an extent that their identity is intertwined with that of the toxic person. If it's a family member who possesses these characteristics, it can be even harder to set boundaries and can seem more justifiable to just deal with it. But ignoring the problem without setting boundaries will only lead to more dysfunction. The problems will always persist until it's confronted. Walking in the light of God's word is a difficult and delicate balance between giving selflessly and holding to responsible boundaries. I just discussed some misconceptions, but here's some truth for you. Did you know that you're actually doing a disservice to your toxic loved one when you allow them to treat you badly? Did you know that you don't have to be all in, even when it's family? That you have the power to choose how often you communicate with them? Did you know that it's okay to limit your communication, that you owe it to your loved ones to take care of yourself, and sometimes that means protecting yourself, to be your best version of yourself, who God created you to be, that God wants you to be happy, that God is all you need, and that he is sufficient to bear the burdens of your loved one? That he doesn't expect you or even want you to stay stuck in a situation that causes suffering, anxiety, or depression, especially one where you're verbally, emotionally, or physically assaulted. Did you know that it's not too late to set boundaries or completely remove yourself from a toxic situation? When in a toxic relationship, no matter who it is or whether you share a bloodline or you feel obligated or forced to stay, Don't be deceived into thinking that by remaining in it, you can change them for the better. That they need you or you need them. Only when someone is genuinely willing, actively seeking, and ready to take physical action steps to get help, can we have the influence to guide them. Even then, our influence is still limited to pointing them to Christ through our own Christ-like behavior. Galatians 5 verse 22 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love love joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. This is who we should strive to be and characteristics of the company we should strive to keep. One of the hardest things a person can experience is watching someone they love in danger, in pain, or suffering, and thinking they know what they need to live a happier life, and yet the person doesn't see the harm in their ways. In this situation, we have to protect ourselves. In short, we're not God, and only He can fulfill. In this state, the only thing we are doing is giving them permission to use up our resources, energy, time, and emotions. Someone who has been misled and deceived by the devil to repeatedly think they are a victim is not in a position to self-reflect, grow, or change. With toxic people... They're not asking for help because they're not the problem. At least that's the way they see it. Sometimes the help offered to a toxic person can even be perceived as a threat. For instance, how dare you imply that there may be an issue? Who are you to judge? Unfortunately, sometimes the more we try to help, the more we can become the target of their negative energy. Contrast that with healthy people. Healthy, independent people take responsibility for their own lives, actions, and outcomes, while humbly accepting help, support, and input from others when a need is recognized. A relationship between like-minded people is very rewarding, and no matter who's doing the giving, both parties' emotional tanks are filled. When you're dealing with a toxic person, however, while you may fill their tank, you leave depleted. It's a one-way relationship, And as the saying goes, it takes two to tango. We must remember, then, that we can encourage, but we can't rescue. Our only hope is to point others to Christ, who is the ultimate rescuer. I said earlier I'd talk more about what it means to bear one another's burdens, and here it is. I believe this verse is saying you should absolutely take action if you see a need that you can fill in a loved one's life. For many people, we can do this without depleting our own tank, and it's a blessing for both involved. But this is where discernment comes in. For someone that doesn't see themselves as having a problem and is not asking for your help, your efforts may not have the payoff you seek. It can be helpful to remember that whatever we do, we're to do it as unto the Lord and not for men, and not for praise or self-gratification. But there are times when, for your own protection of heart, You may only be able to pray for them. Nothing more, and that's okay. It's something they don't have to accept or even know about. How do you decide, then, how much of yourself to give before your tank starts to deplete? One indicator is that in a mutual relationship, there is give and take from both parties. These relationships are marked with sacrifice, willingness, maturity, and even humility. These attitudes must be present to keep both tanks above the fill line. In a situation that really only serves one person, and I'm talking about the toxic one of course, their burdens are going to be projected and forced on you, and there's little to no real giving, only taking, because they see their external environment as the problem. Here is a case of pride and selfishness, not humility. People that don't respect others really aren't worried about what you think of them. And what I mean is, they're not going to make the effort to examine and apply your input. Sure, they can be a master of words and seem confident despite an abundance of insecurities, and the way they reach out to you may seem promising, but a toxic person is focused on getting their own needs met. They're not in a healthy place to meet their needs, nor are they able to set reasonable expectations on the people around them. They lack self-reflection and healthy boundaries, so no matter how much of yourself you pour into them, if they don't see a problem with their behavior, it's never going to have an effect or be truly appreciated. No matter how much you go out of your way to steer them in a beneficial direction, they're not going to heed you or change if they've not reached a point of self-realization that goes beyond empty words and promises. I cannot reiterate enough If there's been no repentance in their own behavior, there's going to be no change. How much we invest into a person depends on how much we're able to pour into someone without depleting ourselves. God wants us in a healthy position with full tanks so that we're not wiped out and we're ready to help when hearts are opened. If being around this unhealthy person means you are subjected to ungodliness or you're being pulled away from who God called you to be, you're under no obligation to this person apart from praying for them. If someone is contributing to your feeling of unworthiness when Christ Himself says you are worthy to be heirs with Him, a precious treasure that He gave His own life for, then you have the permission and responsibility to take a step back and reevaluate this person's place in your life. If you're tired of subjecting yourself to ridicule and undeserved blame, And certainly when you feel they are taking your attention away from Christ, instead of proclaiming Christ and Him alone, you have the necessary duty to yourself and those who invest back into you to draw a line in the sand, to set your own boundaries. Perhaps it looks like limiting contact. Perhaps it looks like completely removing yourself from a very bad environment. It doesn't matter if it's your own family member or a close friend. The company we keep is crucial. And even those we love most can be toxic. To show grace does not mean we stop loving them, nor does it mean we have to have a full circle relationship with them. We are called to bear one another's burdens in love, not out of obligation, under manipulation, and certainly not under threat. What can you do for this person you love that won't help themselves? I'll say it again because there's really only one answer. Pray, pray, and pray some more. Pray for guidance, answer them with a kind tongue, and do not engage when the devil is at work. When a person's pain and insecurities are projected onto you and displays attributes that are contrary to the fruits of the Spirit, it is then that we have the obligation to step back and graciously excuse ourselves from the toxic environment. You decide what that looks like for you. And here's where you can take heart, child of God. 1 John 1 verse 7 says, But if we walk in the light as He is in the light, we have fellowship one with another, and the blood of Jesus Christ His Son cleanseth us from all sin. So what does it take to walk in the light? Displaying the fruits of the Spirit, which are love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and temperance. Do your relationships look like this? Another great verse in First John says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. That was First John 4 verse 18. Anxiety-ridden relationships do not belong in your life. To quote one more verse, Romans 13 verse 10 says, Love worketh no ill to his neighbor. Therefore, love is the fulfilling of the law. If there's fear, if there's ill intent, unkindness, flying tempers and manipulation, it doesn't bear fruit and it's not a relationship built on God. It's built upon sand, abrasive, rough, crumbling, grainy sand. Do your toxic person's actions and behaviors measure up to the fruits of the Spirit? A toxic person can only be helped when they acknowledge their sin and work through it, usually with the help of a professional. True change has to come from within. Knowing this, that their issues are independent from you, please make sure you're taking care of yourself and any little ones first. We all sin. We all fall short of the glory of God, and we all have a duty to show grace and kindness to those we meet and know intimately. But we also have the responsibility to ourselves, those who pour into us, and most importantly, to God, to keep our tanks full as much as we can. To not allow the devil to deceive us, drain us, or make us feel responsible for someone else's behaviors and actions. To set our hearts and minds on things above— which will allow us to continue to develop into who God created us to be. We should all be evaluating our relationships, pulling the weeds that get in our way and crowd out the beauty of life. It's our responsibility and privilege to cultivate the flowers in our lives, the ones that bring us joy and sunshine, even after some crazy storms, the ones that keep us growing and looking upwards. May I say a prayer for you? For us, Father God, sometimes we are faced with stressful situations. In these situations, anxiety and fear may set in, along with confusion and frustration. Lord, we want to help those we love, but oftentimes we feel our hands are tied and we don't know what to do. So we pray to you now that you will open their heart and mind to receive the instruction of those who care most. That you might provide them the help they need to see the error of their ways. That you might minister to their hearts. And Father, we also pray for those on the receiving end. To have the courage to set boundaries, the wisdom to know how to communicate, and the strength to step back when necessary. In Jesus' name, amen. Like what you just heard or know someone that could benefit from this message of hope? then please take a quick moment to pass along the encouragement by following and sharing this channel. Through God's grace-filled word, we can tame the lion. You got this.